Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I have a big faith on P2P. This industry can decentralize disintermediate risk because risk is spread over millions of investors and millions of borrowers. Peer-to-peer lending is an open kitchen where everything we do is in public eye. So I think this model has had its ups and downs, but I think the route has been put and will grow. It will emerge as a winner in a lot of economies as I've seen it. What it means is we are giving you affordable credit. There are people in Indian market and we all know these small loans are not easily profitable unless you charge a like Wonga IRR of 120%, right? But we have consciously taken that that's not the right path. There's a usury rate. In India, credit card is still at 44%. We don't believe 44% should be the rate. That's what I see as a big opportunity. I feel a strange affinity with peer-to-peer lending. Though I've never done it myself as a lender, borrower, or connector, I can still trace its path in my career. One of the first projects I ever did in my MBA some 16 years ago now was on Prosper and Zopa and the emergence of the P2P model. And then when I was in Asia, maybe 10 years later, call it 2015, it looked to be going mainstream there. I have this really vivid but completely isolated memory of sitting in a hotel bar in Kuala Lumpur, talking to a guy who was in the final stages of regulatory approval to launch a P2P platform in Malaysia. But more recently, the headlines have been bearish, with two pillars of the niche on either side of the Atlantic, SOPA and Funding Circle, both shutting down their retail P2P arms. It felt all but dead, with all the decentralized excitement now being claimed by DeFi, blockchain and the crypto, that sort of thing. But as that tide has pulled back, I've noticed one or two gems still lying on the beach. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Rakesh Bubna, founder and CEO of Monexo, a Chennai-based P2P lending platform. I'm delighted to be speaking to you this morning. And I think your tagline of Monexo is, is one of the best I've heard for the P2P model. Lend, grow, borrow, grow, because it really is showcasing that mutual benefit that we can get if we get P2P right. And we'll discuss how you're doing that in a minute. But first, let's talk about your background you are now very much a disruptor in the in the financial services industry, but your background appears to be with some of the big names from around the world. So is this a case of you, know, you, you have to know the rules before you break the rules? Or what was your thinking in the early parts of your career? So it's completely not by design that I joined the banking industry. And I'm going to give out my age here, but in early 70s, we lived in a four-story building and the ground floor of that was a bank, a state government institution bank. And uh, 
we used to actually walk into the bank every day and take a staircase to our house inside. And when I used to come back from school, I used to see these employees of these bank playing table tennis or ping pong in different parts of the world or playing carom board after around 3, 3.30. And they would be playing that for next couple of hours before they go home. So that left an impression on me saying, this is a good career to have. <laughs> so that left a mark, but uh, I did my professional studies. And during my professional studies, I did a training with Citibank. And uh, I fell in love with consumer banking. I must tell you, there were no rule books. There were no garden paths. It was early 90s. So we were really doing path-breaking stuff. Nobody had done in India, launching products which nobody had in the market, just based on our gut. And we failed many times, but we came out with a lot of learnings. And I kept falling in love. And before I realized it was 22, 23 years, I worked with that big organization. When I was based out of India, I was asked to go work six months in US, six months in uh, Mexico, six months in Europe. Many times this happened. Then I moved on to Singapore and then I moved on to Hong Kong and I had a big overseas stint out there. One of the things that was interesting for me was that when you left to start Manexo, you did that in Hong Kong, where obviously it's a pretty expensive city to be living in. But what, what was the vision or the inspiration behind moving from a comfortable corporate sort of globetrotting career to striking out on your own with Manexo? It's a long journey. It was not easy. One does get used to the fat paycheck and a business class travel and living in the Shangri-Las of the world in Asia. My interaction with P2P lending happened in 2006, actually. When I was in a conference, it was a banker's conference, which we were talking about future of banking. We were about 29 bankers from Asia and Europe and US. Very quiet meeting. And uh, everybody was presenting their innovation. But there's one gentleman very quietly sitting next to me. And he was the real first founder of Zopa. And he told me what he was doing. And I said, what does Zopa mean? Zone of possible alignment. Why? Because he had borrowers and uh, investors coming in a coffee shop and discussing this. That's how he started that company first. And he was the first company in the world to start peer-to-peer lending. That left an impression. I thought that's a fantastic way of disrupting banks. But behold, I forgot all about it. And then 2008 happened. In the middle of the crisis, I started traveling again back to US. We had a lot of meetings to discuss the strategies of Asia, how should we do it, all that stuff. And I started seeing lending club on the airport. I was surprised. Everybody was cutting down on lending. And lending club was advertising on the biggest airports of the world, New York, etc. Again, time came by. I just managed my life with city, And I moved to Hong Kong and then started going to China. I'm seeing this revolution happen in China. And there was one point of time where I said, okay, I've done enough of banking. And uh, yeah, I mean, so I was working in age myself a similar sort of time and and you're right there was a lot of p2p excitement uh, and interest coming through there were various peer-to-peer models trying to work around a timing issue and how do you get a borrower and a, and a lender together and get them talking and agreeing quick enough for sort of modern expectations but i was looking at your website and i see now that 95 percent of your loans are approved within 24 hours so this is no longer a case of either doing a direct peer-to-peer where you've got to sit and wait for a while while everybody sort of screens through your loan offer. This is happening just as fast as if you went to get a loan 
from a lender in the high street. So, you know, what is Monexo doing and what does modern peer-to-peer lending look like? Sure. First of all, we've done a slight pivot and uh, uh, lend, grow, borrow, grow. We've changed that very recently, so it's not on our website. We moved to delivering financial happiness. What does that mean from an investor point of view? In India, the fixed deposit interest rates have plummeted in last two years from 9% to 5%. Our inflation rate runs close to 6% officially. Unofficially, it runs much higher. And then there's a 35% tax on the interest income. So you can imagine anybody keeping money in a bank on a fixed deposit is losing money in India. So our proposition to them is risk-adjusted yield. We should be able to give you 2x of fixed deposit. And that's happens, right? Your money is growing. And that's a good thing to happen for you. We tell our consumers to diversify across at least 100 borrowers. Now, that gives them a comfort of ability to absorb any shock because of delayed payment or delinquencies. Second is that we also have certain innovation. What we have launched also is monthly income plan. So if somebody brought somewhere around 5 million Indian rupees on our platform, we are able to give them an income of 50,000 rupees a month, which goes back to their account for their own need. Whether they want to shop, they want to travel, whatever they feel like. Now, it is not 50,000 like a fixed deposit, fixed amount. It's in a range. I'm giving you a ballpark. On our app, investors can start investing in less than two minutes and can fund transfer 24 by 7. I don't have any human intervention required anymore for any investor, individual institution to onboard themselves. You're listening to How to Lend Money to Strangers. If you're enjoying it, please hit the little plus button to subscribe and share it with your connections on LinkedIn. Now, let's get back to the show. Moving on to the borrowing side, in US, UK, Australia, if you went to a college student, 99% 99% chances they have a driving license and they are building a credit score during college. That means they have taken credit. In India, it will hold good for driving license. That not 99, but maybe 85% are thinking and working towards getting their driving license. But when you ask them, do you think about building a credit score during college? They don't even know how to build it, why to build it. So we've taken this as a pivotal moment and we are focused on college students. We're giving them small loans and for three months, but they get an entry into a credit score. And India has four credit bureaus. We report into all four. They have a footprint on the credit bureau and the score starts to build out. Surely the credit history is much more important than credit score, but that's a start. Now, it's an interesting take on it because you're right. I've been speaking to a few fintechs in that credit building space, and it is something For most people, there's still this dream of the mortgage down the line and you don't want to get 20 years down the line and then find out you don't have a credit score. And so you don't get the mortgage or you get it, but at an excessive rate. Now, I'm from a credit scoring background. And what about the risk of the individual borrowers? You've already addressed in some part, there's a investment mindset. And so obviously you use that in some ways that if, if I'm a lender, you're encouraging me to spread my risk across multiple borrowers so that you know, should something go wrong, uh, I only lose a small portion of the money. But in terms of the individual borrowers, have you got any way to assess their risk? Are you doing any modeling 
or gathering any data to help segment customers by risk? We do that. We collect a lot of alternate data, SMS-based data, and it's all based on permissions from the customer. It gives us a lot of insight because the SMS, as recent as last two minutes back, we look at location data. In India, there are 65,000 colleges. We are grading each of these colleges. And based on those, we have eight grades of loans, but at a high level, conservative, moderate, and high risk. Conservative portfolio will give you a 13% return. Moderate risk will give you 15 and a high risk will give you 17. And we also can find out from the SMS whether he's already over leveraged by taking credit anywhere else, even though he may not have a footprint because a lot of fintechs have come in India, but they're not reporting into credit bureaus. Our messaging is very strong around building a credit score. It's not about giving credit and then forgetting. So example, when the first email goes out, it's reiteration to them saying, hey, you're taking this credit to build a credit score. What does that mean? You pay on time, right? Even two days delay does not help you build a good credit score. What it means is we are giving you affordable credit. Example being, we all know these small loans are not easily profitable unless you charge a like Wonga IRR of 120%, right? But we have consciously taken that that's not the right path. There's a usury rate. In India, credit card is still at 44%. We don't believe 44% should be the rate. I have worked in credit card industry from 90s. The rate hasn't come down, but the every rate in India in 1990s used to be 14, 15%. That 14, 15% has dropped to 5%, but the credit card rate remains at 44%. A lot of people misinterpret interest rate. So we tell them one rupee per thousand per day is what you will pay as interest. And in the app, we also give them ability to track their credit score free of cost for the next 24 months. Is it going down? Is it going up? Why is it going down? How we can help you improve that? We're also putting videos, crowdsourcing that uh, videos for financial education. Watch a one-minute video because now this Gen Z does not have a patience to watch a 20-minute video. So you have to be very crisp and, and then followed by a quiz. And if they play that quiz and the answer, they get scratch cards. So some gamification around learning financial concepts for themselves. And personal finance is like, you need to know how to cook. You need to know how to drive. That's a personal skill set everybody should have. It is such an important part of life in general. And often it's left until you've made the mistake. And those black marks on your credit report can typically be there for five to seven years. So if you're a college student or a fresh graduate, you take your first credit card, 44% interest rate, you, know, you can easily get into trouble. Maybe you miss a payment and suddenly your credit score is penalized because of it. Whereas if you had this environment that said, look, he has affordable short-term debt and you're wrapping it in the education, going beyond just connecting to people. And uh, yeah, I love the <laughs> new um, tagline as well. If we think more broadly about peer-to-peer, as we said, around the world, several of the bigger ones have stepped back from peer-to-peer and either become full-service banks or simply just stopped their products. But as they've done so, as they've stepped back, and this is now anecdotal, but I see yourself, I see some peer-to-peer lenders around in Europe, it seems like there's a new take on peer-to-peer. And I just wondered if you've got some thoughts on it as a concept what aspects of it do you think are working? Which ones maybe do you think uh, need to be tweaked? I always saw US very different from UK. US evolved from peer-to-peer lending to marketplace lending, where JP Morgan Chase, City, all these banks went to 
Prosper and Lending Club and said, here's my money, help me get the yield. That's why they did not go down the consumer path. But one looked at Zopa and Zopa had almost 100% of money coming from individuals. The power of individuals, right? If, if you look at consumer bank versus corporate bank, consumer bank always have excess liquidity and corporate banks fluctuates like heartbeat or somebody's ICU, right? But that does not happen in a consumer bank. I'll give you one anecdotal data. In India, $1.5 billion, $1.5 billion, remember this number, 1.5, goes from saving account to mutual fund industry every month as a systematic investment plan. Four years back, there's only $400 million. That's the pace of individual investing in the stock market. That's what I see as a big opportunity for Indians to diversify only from a mutual fund to a peer-to-peer lending and household savings. We are a saving economy, 30%. Now, saving is important, but when you have an inflation rate of 6 and a saving rate of 3.5% interest rate from the bank, you're already negative. So you have to invest to grow your wealth. And that's where we come in. Yeah, and I think it's clear that you talk about the mutual funds there, and obviously a lot of that is echoed in the product structures that you've built at Monexo, where you can do peer-to-peer. But I mean, again, I sort of think back, and I'm always seeing the Zopa model, the Prosper model, and this idea of, okay, I've got to find the right, just perfect borrower for me. But what you've been able to do then is create this opportunity. I can deposit a lump sum with you, and I can get a managed return I can split my investments over multiple borrowers. And it's not in that time-consuming way it used to be because I guess that was a weakness of sorts in, in, in the original peer-to-peer model. You've got an individual depositor. You've got an individual borrower. The bank joins them together and simplifies that process so they don't need to wait until they both have matching needs. And then peer-to-peer said, well, bank's taking a big enough slice that we can make this work even if it's not quite so convenient. And now you're saying, well, actually, we can make it just as convenient yet. 95% of loans within the day. And you've obviously grown a lot already, over 100,000 loans process. If you look at where you're going next, what is Minexo's vision of the future? India has the youngest demographics in the world. And I'm talking from 2020 to 2025. The GDP is supposed to double. So consumption will grow through the roof. But at the same time, as a balancing factor, we have 30% saving rate. So I see tailwinds like fixed deposit interest rate dropping with the fact that people are looking for a yield and mutual fund has done a fantastic job of creating a market of investing in stock market. But what next? There's no other product available. Yes, now people are talking about investing in US market, but it's funding a lot of money from individuals into few stocks. But the peer-to-peer lending money is taking a lot of money from a lot of individuals and funneling it to lots of people, right? Today, we have a program which we call social impact loan. It's a different word for explaining microfinance loans. During COVID time, we have empowered 15,000 women in rural areas of Tamil Nadu with loans of average 30,000 rupees at an affordable rate, which they cannot even imagine so saving in the city like Chennai, Mumbai, Delhi, capital moving through us, 
directly to a woman and she benefiting from a low rate and becoming an entrepreneur and it changes lives for generations right because if she's an entrepreneur she can add more income the kids will go to a better school and that's what we are very happy to do yeah it's really inspiring to hear and i think just used to be that if i couldn't measure your risk if you were a brand new fresh graduate i had nothing to go on i would just solve the problem by charging more I don't know which of you is truly risky and which is not. You all look the same to me. So you're all going to pay the 120% APR. And because credit is so important, the market would just pay that. And what you're doing with this model is saying, actually, if I give you education around the loans, I'm going to reduce the real risk in there because I can help you manage it, understand it. I'm going to make it more transparent. So again, reduce the real risk because you can understand what you're taking on. And I'm going to bring in some of this new data that's now available. Put that all together. You've given that route into the formal credit process. And over a few years, they've got a strong credit profile. They've got access to the full market offerings of the, you know, the fully competitive market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I guess the last point I need to check from the sort of a risk side of my head is you've got this question of identity to solve it. And you did mention working with that, but how do you know who is who and how do you manage identity? The Indian fintech revolution, the way it's moving, wouldn't have moved without few government initiatives. One of them on identity is Aadhaar. It's an ID card which has been issued to everybody, which has photograph, it has fingerprints, everything. 1.3 billion people have it. You can access that by paying a price to verify the identity. So we have uh, what we call video KYC, know your customer, or eKYC. I don't need, as they call, feet on street to go out and collect those documents. Thanks to the government, if the database didn't exist, it was very difficult. Beyond this, the government has UPR, Unified Payment Interface. These make money movement in few seconds. I tell you, this is not available in the world's biggest economies today. Seconds is the word, not even minutes, seconds. And they have something called e-match. So you can say, I want to pay Monexo every month, 1,060 rupees on 6th of the month. So be it. For whatever reason, that bounces. There's another button within our app, which allows you to pay from any wallet, Google Pay, Paytm, our system will send you an alert and you can don't have to go and leave your house on your work. You just do it from the app. So all this innovation, I cannot do it. It's the ecosystem which is coming along and helping me use that and improve my services. 
just the central bank of india reserve bank of india can do a lot more to bring fintech under regulation regulation is not bad being regulated puts responsibility and financial services has responsibility they have left a large portion of the industry unregulated for example as peer to peer lending company i can take maximum 5 million rupees from an individual or a company but there are unregulated entities who can take 10 times more and they are not regulated so regulators themselves have created a highway for wrong things to happen and they are fixing some of that yeah you're right all of these ecosystems it's so important i think yeah to see the impact it's always great to see that impact when it's really changing a life versus you making it slightly more convenient for me to pay my debit card you've got that wealth of tech skills of of resources as modernizing that's happening in in the tech world contrasted with very poor populations and we're able to see how well the good impact that the modern technology can have and actually i was talking to my boss the other day and and saying i was going to be speaking to you and he said yeah oh makesh he understands the lending ecosystem in india really well you've obviously built up monexo as a new way of thinking through the problems of financial services are there any other big trends happening in the broader indian space that we should be keeping an eye on it many many things are being tried in india there are a lot of people who sell products on the streets they sell something like flowers vegetable cooked food etc and for them credit is like unaffordable example if i'm a flower vendor i need to pay money in the morning and if i'm going to keep a stock of let's assume 1000 rupees and during the day i'll sell and i'll make my whatever 1400 rupees there are people who lend them that money for 200 rupees a day now most of these people have started accepting qr code based payments he will have a qr code and you can scan and pay to him you can do mental maths you and me i cannot do it they will do it right but they cannot read and write so now the innovation has happened that it will voice out that i had paid him 28 rupees so they can hear that and they confirm that 28 rupees has come through and there's an ecosystem coming out which will allow you to lend to these people as little as 500 rupees so to be a revolve one day loan but at a very affordable rate because it's so digitized so simple and you have a payment history record or sales history record but they will not have a bureau report so based on that you can do underwriting and you can do loans of 500 rupees which is give or take 10 pounds at 8 pounds yeah. and if you've got a really good day you sell out of your flowers by lunchtime you go back to the market the market's closed so you can't do anything you just have to go home and so maybe you could grow but it would take you 40 years until you finally built up your business by which time you've probably gone through a disaster or two that took away your growth so SME uh, point of sale data that we might use for a mid-sized business we can now do down to a you know a $10 loan which is really exciting and some of it's fairly dull back end stuff but to be able to move the money so cheap so quickly at the data so cheap so quickly uh, to make that all work really is a different world isn't it and it's that grouping of of the auto invest opportunities or the ability to do it without having to manage everyone individually but while still doing direct peer to peer sounds like you've thought through the the pain points of uh, the people involved so yeah i wish you the best of luck with that i'm going to certainly keep an eye on uh, how you're growing in the future so thank you very much for coming on thank you
Thank you. Thank you very much, Ben, for having me on the show. And thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed that, please do rate and review on your preferred podcast platform and share widely, including on LinkedIn. And while you're there, send me a connection request. The show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find full written transcripts, show notes, and more content at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show. And I'll see you again next Thursday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.